Thank you for accessing this audio resource from Glad Tidings Church. This is Pastor Tim Rice. I hope you enjoy the message and receive some benefit from it. If you do, please let us know. Send your comments to info at gladtidings.church. Now, here's this week's message. We're going to look this morning at Exodus chapter 7, where, uh, which is where we're going to pick up. We're going to continue this current series on the book of Exodus. Last week, if you remember, in chapter 6, um, we saw how things in Egypt, you remember, they went from bad to worse after Moses arrived and um, after he delivered the uh, ultimatum that God had given to him to give to Pharaoh. Remember, he went before Pharaoh and said, God says, let my people go. And so things didn't go very well. Things went, in fact, from bad to worse. Not only did Pharaoh not let Israel go, but you remember the Bible says that he increased their burden. So things became harder on them after Moses arrived. So the people weren't happy. And uh, you remember even Moses was a little bit shaken by the response that he received from, from Pharaoh there in, in Egypt. And although God had already warned Moses, we talked about this last week, although God had already warned Moses that he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart so that he could destroy Pharaoh's power and so that he could display his own glory uh, over Egypt, God had to reassure Moses Remember we talked about that? He had to give him a word of encouragement. He had to reassure Moses that he was in control, and he had to remind Moses to just trust and obey. That's all he had to do, trust and obey. Even so, Moses was, not, Moses was still not completely convinced by this. And Exodus chapter 6 ends, and we're going to read some uh, verses from chapter 7, but Exodus chapter 6 ends after a list of the heads of the clans of Israel, Exodus 6 ends with this exchange between God and Moses. The Lord said to Moses, I am the Lord. Remember, I am the I am. I am the Lord. Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will Pharaoh listen to me? Have you ever had that kind of conversation with God before? One in which God says, listen, I, I'm God, so just trust me. I am the Lord, so just trust in me. Just, just do what I tell you to do. Do what I have told you to do. If you, so just trust me and obey me. That's, that's what he's telling Moses here. I am the Lord. You can trust me. I'm the great I am. And you go to Moses and you, I mean, you go to Pharaoh and you just tell him everything that I told you to tell him. You obey me. And if you do that, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. And then you reply, yeah, I know God, but, but what about this? What, what about this thing here that, that I cannot control? What about this thing that doesn't seem uh, to be working out. Let me tell you this, uh, Moses' doubt in this situation when he says, yeah, I know, Lord, but, you know, I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. I'm a, I'm a Hebrew shepherd. I'm an offense to him, and I, I don't speak very well. So why would he listen to me? He's not going to listen to me. And Moses' doubt 
here at the end of chapter 6 was based on his persistent belief that he, that Moses, was responsible for Pharaoh's response and that he, Moses, was responsible for the eventual release of the people of Israel. And let me tell you something this morning. That kind of pressure will always produce doubt and uh, discouragement, fear, and anxiety. When you think it's all <laughs> up to you when, you, when you think that what God has said and what God has promised, that you're the one that has to do it, you're the one that has to perform it, you're the one that has to make it work, that's always going to produce doubt and discouragement and fear and anxiety. When you think that you are responsible for things that are outside of your control, how many knows you will continually worry that you are inadequate, that you are unqualified, that you are unfit, and that you are incompetent. As long as you think it's all up to me, I have to do this. I'm the one that has to produce that result then you'll always be filled with anxiety. But here's the thing, Moses, Moses should have known this. Moses wasn't responsible for Pharaoh's response. Moses wasn't responsible to produce Pharaoh's response. Moses wasn't even responsible for the release of the children of Israel. He wasn't responsible. God had made him responsible for just one thing. You know what it was? You remember? He said, here's the one thing Moses was responsible for. Tell Pharaoh all that I say to you. That's it. Moses, that's all you got to do. Just, just tell Pharaoh what I have told you to tell him. That's that's it. I'm the Lord. Trust me. <laughs> I am God. Trust me. Tell Pharaoh all that I say to you. Obey me. Just obey me. And this is what God is saying to Moses. Listen, I'll take care of the things that you cannot control. Isn't that a reassuring word this morning? That all we have to do is trust and obey. He's God. He's, remember, we talked about it last, he's in control. He'll, he'll take care of what we cannot control if we'll just obey what he tells us to do. And then in chapter 7, God begins to reveal to Moses how he intends to take care of what Moses cannot control. The one thing that Moses can't control is Pharaoh. Why is he going to listen to me? He's not going to, I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. Pharaoh's not going to listen to me. He's not going to let your people go. God says, listen, I'm, I've got plans for Pharaoh. I'll take care of Pharaoh. <laughs> I'll handle Pharaoh. You just tell him what I told you uh, to say to him. And so in chapter 7, God begins to reveal how he intends to control Pharaoh. Uh, and we'll see it in these verses. Read with me, or you read along as I begin reading in Exodus chapter 7, verse number 1. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall tell Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go out of his land. Verse 3, But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, 
And though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and I will bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt, and I bring out the people of Israel from among them. Verse 6, And Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the Bible. We believe that it is your divinely inspired word. We receive it this morning with the expectation that, God, you are speaking to us in these verses that we have read. Therefore, God, please give us the ears that we need to hear what you are saying to us this morning. Reveal truth to us because your word says that we are sanctified by the truth. Teach us to trust in you, Lord. Teach us to keep our hearts humble, to keep our hearts teachable, and to remain obedient so that our hearts might not grow hard. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach so that I might effectively communicate what the Spirit is saying to each one of us today. God, we pray for Juanita. We pray, Lord, for Miss Lorraine. We ask that God you would touch each one of these ladies this morning. You know the severity of their condition, and God, we believe that you're able to heal them and make them well this morning. We ask that you would do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, what I have already alluded to a couple of times over the past couple of weeks, I'm going to deal with directly this morning, and that is the fact that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God said to Moses, I mean, God said to Moses, don't worry about Pharaoh, I'll take care of Pharaoh. And here's how he intended to take care of Pharaoh. He was going to utterly destroy his power and humiliate him in, in the land of Egypt. He was going to do that by hardening his heart. So this is a, a difficult passage, it's a difficult issue for us to deal with this morning because of its, of its implications upon, upon salvation. If God hardens a person's heart, then how can that person be responsible for their own hard heart? And um, is God just if he condemns that person to hell? If God hardens that person's heart, then how is that person responsible for that? And is, is God just that he would send someone, that he would punish someone for a hard heart that he himself has hardened. Well, that question is, is at the heart of the debate that the church has always had about free will and the doctrine of predestination. And I hate to disappoint you this morning, but we're not going to settle that controversy this morning, all right? So no, uh, Pastor Tim doesn't have the definitive answer for that question this morning. But before I speak specifically about what it means that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, I think it's important to set the context with something that we can easily overlook or that we can easily um, misinterpret or misunderstand. In verse number one of chapter seven, God says to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. The first thing I want to point out about this statement is how it, how it ought to be understood as a rejoinder to the complaint that Moses has just made 
in the last verse of chapter 6. In other words, this is a new chapter for us, but it's the same conversation that God is having with Moses here where he has said, hey, I'm, I'm the Lord. You go tell Pharaoh everything I told you to say to him. And Moses says what? <laughs> I'm a man of uncircumcised lips. He's not going to listen to me. Why would he listen to me? And so God responds, see, I have made, I have made you like God to Pharaoh. Moses has just said, He's not going to listen to me. How will Pharaoh listen to me? I'm a Hebrew shepherd. He's the king uh, of Egypt. He's not going to listen to me. And God says to Moses in this passage, stop. It's not up to you. It's not about you. You You are not responsible for the things that you cannot control. It's up to me. And And here's what I'm going to do. I have made you like a god to Pharaoh. He's not going to listen to you because you are going to him in your own power and you're going to him in your own authority. He's going to listen to you because you are going to him in the power and in the authority that I am giving to you, that I'm going to give to you. Moses, it's it's not on you. It's not up to you. It's on me. And again, he is saying to Moses, Moses, I've got this. I'm the Lord. I've got this. Just trust me and just obey me. That's the first thing. God is saying, Moses, it's not up to you. I'm doing this. I've made you like God to Pharaoh. So I'm at work here. That's the first thing. But here's the other thing that we need to understand from verse number one. And this is important as it relates to how and why God um, is going to harden Pharaoh's heart. The second thing is this. This is not only about Moses being exalted or elevated to honor, but it is also, in fact, I would even say this is primarily about Pharaoh being humiliated, And about being brought down to a position of humility and submission. See, the thing is, God is saying, I've made you like God to Pharaoh. What he is saying is, I'm going to lift you up, but I'm going to bring Pharaoh down. (laughs) I'm I'm going to destroy Pharaoh's power. I'm going to humiliate Pharaoh in the eyes of all of the Egyptians. You see, this is a... This is an incredible work of salvation that God is going to accomplish for his people. And he does it, the Bible says, by, yes, exalting Moses, but also by humiliating Pharaoh, by bringing him down. And the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, which we'll see in the rest of chapter 7 and in chapters 8 and 9 as well, The hardening of Pharaoh's heart is fundamental to this main purpose, which is to humiliate Pharaoh, to destroy his power so that God can deliver his people from Egypt. So when God says to Moses, I want you all to see this this morning because it's so important. It's so, so beautiful, in fact. So when God says to Moses, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, he is not saying He is not saying that Moses has actually become God to Pharaoh. He is saying to Moses, you are playing an important role in this drama 
that I am doing here in Egypt and now with Pharaoh. So you're playing an important role in this drama because what I am doing here in Egypt and what I am doing now with Pharaoh is a picture of what I am going to do then with Jesus Christ and there with the power of Satan. So he is, he is saying to Moses, do you see that? He's saying, Moses, you are standing in for my son, Jesus Christ. At this time, you see in Egypt, at this time, God exalted Moses and he destroyed the power of Pharaoh, humiliated Pharaoh. He saved his people from slavery and delivered them from the bondage of Egypt because that was a picture of what God did on Calvary with Jesus Christ. At this time, he exalted Moses and he humiliated Pharaoh, destroying his power over his, his people. And now at this time, with Jesus Christ, God has highly exalted his son, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? And exalting Jesus Christ, he has crushed the power of Satan. He has destroyed the power of sin over God's people. He has delivered us from slavery, and he has made us free through Jesus Christ. That deserves an amen this morning. So what God was doing with Moses in Egypt with Pharaoh was a picture of what God did on Calvary with Jesus against the power of sin and Satan. So that's why he is saying to Moses, Moses, it's not, listen, it's not about you. <laughs> I'm doing this. And, and you are standing in. You are playing an important role in this drama because you are standing in the role, the place of Jesus Christ. So the first verse of chapter 7 is a very important verse. It sets the stage for what God does in the drama of salvation. And what he does in salvation is that he exalts those who trust in him and who accept the good news of the gospel by faith in Jesus Christ. But those whose hearts are hardened, he gives over to Satan, and he gives over to condemnation. And that brings us back to the original dilemma, doesn't it? What does it mean when God says in verse number three, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart? I will harden Pharaoh's heart. Would God, would God harden a, a person's heart? If, if, and if he does, if God hardens a person's heart, would that, would that make God unjust to punish a person for a hard heart that he had given to him? The, well, the quick, quick answers to those questions are yes to the first question. God, God does sometimes harden people's hearts. And the answer to the second question is no. That doesn't make God unjust uh, for their sin and their rebellion. Although we're tempted in, in, when we consider this question, although we're tempted to make excuses for, for God. Well, he doesn't really harden a person's heart. He doesn't, although we're tempted to make excuses for this passage, I, 
I think the Bible is unequivocal. God can. And God sometimes does harden a person's heart. They're not just verses, they're not just these verses in Exodus. We've already read some. We just read some others. There'll be more in chapters 8 and 9. So there are not only these verses in Exodus, but there are several others in the Bible that indicate God does, that God is sometimes, and he is a sometimes an active agent in the hardening of a person's heart. So, I, so I'm always wary of somebody who says, well, I know the Bible says this, but what it really means. Because <laughs> if we go there with this passage, then... There will be other people who will say, well, I know the Bible says this, but what it really means. How many knows what the Bible says it means? Amen. Uh, here's a better question. The better question is this. What does it really mean that God would harden someone, someone's heart? What does it mean when the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart? Well, there's two ways that God could harden a person's heart. Two ways that God could have hardened Pharaoh's heart. First of all, bear with me this morning. First of all, that could mean that God takes a good heart and that he intentionally makes that heart hard. That is, that, that he enters into that person's heart and he creates uh, evil in their heart, either with irresistible faults or with unavoidable actions. Theoretically, that he overpowers that person's will to do good and instead he enforces his intention that they would do evil and that they would do bad. The only problem with that is that the Bible says God does not do that. That is not what God does. James says, let no one say when he is tempted that they are tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil and he himself tempts no one. So that's, that's not what it means when the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It does not mean that God made Pharaoh do something other than he already wanted to do. God did not make Pharaoh do anything that he, that he already want, did not want to do. And that is the key to what it means when God's word says that God hardens a person's heart. James goes on to say in that same passage, James says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and when he is enticed by his own desires. By his own desires. So that brings up the second way that God could harden a person's heart. The second way that God can harden a person's heart is to allow them unrestricted exercise of their own sinful desires, to give them over to their own sinful desires in their heart. The Bible teaches that there is a measure of God's common grace that is at work in the world, and that common grace, it naturally restricts our natural desires. So there are, there are limitations that are put on our natural tendency to sin and to do evil. For instance, the Bible says that human government is an example of this. That human government makes laws that restricts people from doing bad uh, things. And it enforces those laws 
to prevent people from doing what they ought not uh, to do. And that's why the Bible says that those people that have authority over us, that they are actually ministers of God. Because that's how God's grace works. He has put authorities over us that put restrictions on what we can and cannot do. So when our sinful nature says, pulls us in one direction and we say, that's against the law. I, cannot, I can't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. That's a restriction on our uh, sinful impulses. Our conscience is another example of that kind of grace. The Bible says that we're born into sin, which means that we don't have to have somebody tell us how to sin. Isn't that right? We don't have to have somebody teach us uh, to have uh, bad thoughts. We don't have to have somebody teach us how to hate. Um, despite what the world tries to tell us, we are all born with that original bent toward sin. We're not all born good and we turn bad. The reality is, is that we're all born with that sinful nature in us. So we're born into, into sin. We don't have to have someone give us a desire to do what is wrong or evil. That desire is already there. But we do have a conscience. And that conscience is a vestige of God's image. It's a vestige of God's character within us. And, and that conscience, it remains in each person outside of or beyond the damage of original sin. And it's a measure of God's grace in our life. So that the bad things that we want to do, fortunately we have a conscience that sometimes says, no, I shouldn't do that bad thing. No, I, I want to do that, but something is telling me, something's restricting me, something's holding me back from doing the bad thing that I, that I want to do. That's our conscience, and that's a measure of God's grace in our life. He's given us, each one, that kind of prevenient grace. So when, it sa so when the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, it doesn't mean that Pharaoh had a good heart and that God made that heart bad. Pharaoh was already an evil man. He was already a sinful man. Um, Pharaoh already had a heart that was predisposed to disobey God's rule and his reign. Um, so he already had a desire to do what was evil. And in fact, there was no one but God that could restrain Pharaoh from doing the evil that he wanted to do. There was no law over Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a law unto himself. The only one who could restrict Pharaoh from doing anything evil was God himself. And so when God says he was going to harden Pharaoh's heart, what he means is that he was going to remove his common grace from Pharaoh. That he was going to sever his conscience. He was going to give him over to a reprobate mind so that Pharaoh could do exactly what he wanted to do, which was evil, unrestricted by any measure of God's grace. That's why God's not unjust to punish someone whose heart has become hardened in that way. It's because God didn't create that evil. He just gave Pharaoh over to that evil. He removed the restrictions 
He removed the leash, if you will, off of his life and let Pharaoh do what he wanted to do. And that's what the Bible means when it refers to a person that has a reprobate mind. When God gives someone over to a reprobate mind, Romans chapter 1 talks about that. It says, for although they knew God, they didn't honor him or they didn't give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking. Their hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise. They became fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That's what the Egyptians had done. They had exchanged the glory of God for the idols, images of creeping things, we'll see more about that when we look at the plagues. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. So what did God do? God gave them up to a reprobate mind, hardened their hearts. And the Bible says that's just what God will do once more before he comes to finally judge the world. Do you remember the Bible says that there is a restraining force that is at work in the world today. And Paul says in Thessalonians, but that when that which restraineth is taken away, right, the man of lawlessness is free to do whatever he wants to do. When that which restraineth is removed, when God removes, I happen to believe that that which restraineth is the influence of the Holy Spirit in the church. And so when the church is taken away, I'm looking forward to that day, aren't you, when Jesus Christ comes again. So when the church is taken away, when the salt that we are supposed to be, the light that we are supposed to be in this world, when it is removed from this world, there is nothing left that restrains the forces of lawlessness and darkness. That's important for us this morning because of this. Paul says those forces of lawlessness are already at work in the world today. That the man of lawlessness may not have been revealed yet, and I'm not here to tell you who that might be. <laughs> I can't solve the conundrum of predestination, and I'm not going to try to tell you who the Antichrist is, all right? <laughs> but I can tell you, although the man of lawlessness is not currently revealed, Paul says the power of lawlessness is already at work. Power of lawlessness is already at work. And this is what God's Word says. Regarding that, it says, as lawlessness increases in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. So it's important for us this morning because what happened to Pharaoh, what happened in this situation, we must be on our guard against also. Because the Bible says in the last days there will be a great falling away that will take place because when lawlessness increases, the love of many will grow cold, and we must stay awake, keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We have to keep our hearts humble and tender before God. Amen? So let me, I only got a few, well, I don't have any minutes left, but let me, 
if you would give me a couple of minutes, let me walk very quickly through the progression of, of the hardening of Pharaoh's heart in Exodus chapter 7. First of all, Pharaoh refused to listen to God's word. He refused to listen to God's word. And so his heart grew hard because, and the Bible warns us that in the last days there will be many who will not abide sound doctrine. They won't listen to God's word. Number two, Pharaoh then resisted God's will. He would not do what God required him to do or what God asked him to do. So he set himself against obeying God. Number three, then Pharaoh ignored the signs that God sent to him. God was merciful. You read the rest of chapter 7. Moses performed signs. In fact, Pharaoh asked, prove to me that God has sent you. And so, Pharaoh, so Moses does that. He performs the signs that God gave him to perform. He said, here, I'm proving this is God who has sent me. And what does Pharaoh do? He explains those signs through naturalistic means, and he says, no, that's not God. He ignores the signs that God sends to him. And then finally, Pharaoh becomes indifferent to the pain that his own rebellion causes him and the people around him. And that's the plagues. When the plagues begin, the water turns to blood, and the frogs come upon the land, the people of Egypt groan. But Pharaoh hardens his heart against God. And God is, actually, God is actually merciful in showing Moses, I mean Pharaoh, these signs. But he has given Pharaoh over to the hardness of his own heart, his own personal desires. And step by step, Pharaoh hardens his heart against God. Now contrast that with Moses. Moses was not a perfect man. But Moses listened to God. Although he didn't always understand everything that God said, how many knows he didn't ignore what God said? Moses didn't always immediately obey God, but he did what God told him to do. Although he was reluctant sometimes, he wasn't rebellious. He was not obstinate against God. He eventually obeyed God. In fact, did you notice that last verse that we read? It said, Moses and Aaron did everything God told them to do. So Moses, Moses obeyed God. He kept his heart humble before God. Can I tell you this morning, I need to wrap this up. But can I tell you this morning, we, we don't always understand everything that God says and does. We, we may not always understand everything that God tells us to do. We may not always want to do everything that God tells us uh, to do. But can I tell you this morning, we must keep our hearts humble and obedient before God. Keep our hearts humbled before. Don't let your heart grow hard in these last days. Learn to trust and obey. Thank you for listening today. If you have any questions or would like more information about following Jesus Christ, please contact us at gladtidings.church. If you live near Dunn, North Carolina, please consider visiting our church on Sunday mornings at 1030. You can also download our church app in the iTunes or Google Play app store and receive updates and notifications. You may use the app to make a financial gift to help support our ministry. God bless you.